This is an Australian Museum podcast. Welcome to Amplify, a regular conversation featuring Australian Museum Director and CEO Kim McKay, speaking to researchers, scientists and other fascinating people from behind the scenes at the Australian Museum. Welcome to Amplify, the Australian Museum's regular podcast, where I get to talk to all sorts of wonderful people who work here at the Australian Museum or who are visiting with us. My name's Kim McKay. I'm the Director and CEO of the Museum, and it's my great pleasure today to welcome a relatively new member of the Australian Museum staff, but she has been around before here, I know, and that's the wonderful Shani Jones, who's manager of our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander collections. Shani, welcome. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be here. I'm so glad you are. And of course, you bring so much to the museum on so many levels. Of course, you are an Aboriginal woman. Do you want to tell us about your personal history and where you came from in New South Wales? Well, absolutely. This could be a, a telling sign given the origin state of origin is on tonight. <laughs> so um, my family are waka waka, cubby cubby people on my maternal side. So my grandmother... Uh, my great grandmother um, spent time on Cherbourg Mission before moving that's, to Brisbane. That's in Queensland, right? The that's Cherbourg right. Mission, very famous. That's right, southeast Queensland. But I've spent my formative years growing up in Wollongong and Darawal country, so in New South Wales. So tonight, when the football is on, I'll be going for New South Wales <laughs> and not Queensland. Right. So, how do you define yourself then as an Aboriginal woman? Because do you take the place where you grew up, or do you take the place where your maternal ancestors come from? Very good question. I do take the side of my maternal ancestors. So, for me, Southeast Queensland will always be home to me in terms of you know that that area. And uh, but uh, you know, having spent a lot of time around the the water, I feel like I'm a saltwater woman as well. So, Gympie, um, Mount Widgee is where my great grandmother was born and so um, for me that's also those those mountains and and that side is very important. Oh fantastic now you've been working with us at the Australian Museum for how long now? Five months. Five months you've been back here isn't that great? Okay so you work with the Aboriginal collection and also with our Aboriginal staff as well so you're looking at all sorts of things. Tell me about a, a day in the museum for you what do you actually you do here? The day in the museum, well, you know, obviously it's a you know 190 years old, and so day to day we're really looking at the collection care of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander collection. But more than that, you know, the preservation and the maintenance, it's really about engagement with community. So for me, as an Aboriginal woman, and why I'm here and so passionate about the museum is the first rites of passage. The first rites of passage for me, as a custodian, as we all are at the Australian Museum, is to enable access to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, whether they be artists, academics, members of the public, mob that we know or that we don't know right across Australia. And so for me, it's about being a facilitator. So thinking about that engagement and and engaging with the sector and also engaging with our staff. So more broadly, it's about looking at um, building the capacity of all staff at the museum and thinking about how we engage and work with Aboriginal staff here and across the Aboriginal arts and culture sector. So that's pretty exciting and challenging. It is, uh, and it is a challenge because we've got a diverse workforce here at the museum and we're going to strive uh, to try and make all of our staff culturally competent so that they have some level of competency in understanding um, the First Peoples of Australia, the Aboriginal peoples 
customs and practices and great respect for those. And so that's a that's a long journey, isn't it? It's not something we can do overnight. No, that's right. You know, I think as a as an agent of change, as an average woman, that's really important to me to be able to embed those practices right across the museum with your support and with the executive here and to be able to think about how we may have been as Australians but how we are today and what's important in terms of contemporary practice and, and how we think about um, enabling practice and revitalising practice in a myriad of ways. And that's so important. I, I just took someone through our Garagarang Sea Country Gallery and the thing I love about that Aboriginal gallery is that it's not just about the historic artefacts that we hold um, as custodians here at the museum which tells about the Aboriginal relationship to the ocean and to fishing and, and to rivers. But it's also about contemporary Aboriginal practice today to show that this is very much a living culture. Oh, very much so, you know, living, breathing culture that, you know, evolves with technology and the way that we interact with each other on a, a local and global scale. And so that's really wonderful to be able to see that interplay in the way that we can recontextualise those cultural objects, and particularly those as custodians that we hold here at the museum and engage with contemporary artists and, and arts workers as well as academics who are looking at, at other careers. That's right. An interpretation of that collection, mm. as you said, it can be through an artist, can be through an academic, it can be through a local community um, who are just interested in the artefacts that their ancestors created. We're quite fortunate at the museum to have an extensive collection. What about 20,000 objects, we think? Mm, 20 or 23,000, and we yeah. also have an extensive archaeological collection as well, so that's pretty exciting and, and important to recognise so that. They're the stone tools, and I mean, it is an extensive collection, isn't that's it? That's right, <laughs> yes. Um, so, but for me, the, the, the cultural objects are something that are probably the most dear to, to my heart, um, you know, coming from a, a creative arts, visual arts uh, background as well. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, I did start my my life uh, working at the Australian Museum many, many years ago. Yeah, what, what brought you here then? Well, I was doing my internship at the Art Gallery of New South Wales with, with Hedy Perkins and, uh, you know, f fell in love with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander collection and, and the exhibitions um, that were on display there. And so it was fortuitous that I had my first uh, gig as an emerging curator at the Australian Museum with Jammu Gallery back in the, back in the day. So that was wow. great times. that was the Jammu Gallery that was down at Circular Quay in the old Customs House. House building, That's correct? right, yes. So It's not there anymore, unfortunately, no, no. but we've got so many great plans mm. in the future to show more of our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander collections. You know, what does it for me is that when people visit Australia, I mean, what is our point of difference? It is our Aboriginal people and their traditions. And if more Australians could embrace that of understanding that that is what makes us very different in the world. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Sydney, you know, being on the land of the Gadigal people, the traditional owners and custodians here is really important, you know, and that's where the Australian Museum stands, a very significant place, you know, as that point of first contact. And so we can embrace our culture and our living practice as the way that we celebrate it today as all Australians, particularly share that with our international visitors who are looking at, at what does make us unique and, and understanding this rich history and our connection to our earth and to our culture. So to, as you said, you came here um, early in your career, but where did you actually study to get it in, to become on this path? I'm sure people listening would love to know how you become a curator at a museum. So I, I, I either thought I wanted to be an artist or um, 
or an art therapist when I was doing my undergraduate degree at the University of Wollongong. So I did a Bachelor of Creative Arts majoring in sculpture. Always knew that I wasn't going to become a professional artist, but, you know, loved the creative practice. And so for me, that was really inspiring and, you know, and going through that art history. So then I went on to do a Master's of Arts Administration. It's not called that anymore, which was at the, the University of, of New South Wales. And, and I guess I happened to, to fall into it whilst I was undo, undertaking my internship so very early on at the Art Gallery of so New South Wales. do you still sculpt? No, I don't. Um, I actually moved on from kind of... Um, sculpture to sort of more semi-abstract drawings, particularly um, landscape. So for me, you know, that holds something that's quite dear to my heart. But I guess my creative practice has manifested in other ways, particularly that deep critical thinking about um, writing and, and that exchange around facilitation and, and engagement. So um, yeah, my creative practice has evolved in, in other ways. Oh, it's very satisfying, isn't it, to see somebody from a local community in Australia come in to see the collection and to discover objects that are very important to that group um, and have have that reconnection occur. And it's almost electric. That's right. You know, that is the most significant thing of why I'm, I'm at the museum is to be able to engage with communities and to be able to... To, to look at how when we enter the, the collections in terms of its history and its vibrancy and you know, as we know Australia's history hasn't been a smooth one and so to have community come through and to see cultural objects from their community perhaps for the first time is electrifying and is very significant because it's about a mutual exchange and so that storytelling is important as well for the museum and its future but also for those communities in you know in understanding um, more about their practices and and their culture in in a contemporary way and being able to to share that you know it's our shared history it is our shared history and i just love it when um you know, objects that you wouldn't expect that are held in the collection are revealed to people. I mean, I love those children's toys, for example. Oh, they're, they're gorgeous. And, and you've just hit it. You know, the, the collections, they, the objects reveal themselves. When they want to be seen, they will, they will show themselves. And that's really exciting. Uh, having been here for five months, I'm always discovering the, the collections when I'm either in there undertaking research or we're there with our corporate partners or with community. And it, it's wonderful to be able to... To, um, to have some of those objects be revealed from a time. And also, you know, they if they don't want to be revealed, then they won't show themselves in, in that way. So it's quite exciting to be able to, to see more and uncover about who we are in, in a contemporary way and what they mean to Aboriginal people today. And in fact, the Australian Museum holds one of those wonderful collections of uh, string games, doesn't it? Yes, that's all right. Um, amazing string games from um, from Yakala in uh, in in Arnhem Land. So um, you know, our Aboriginal people have been working with other um, objects to think about how um, they engage with the natural environment and and to play and to and to sign as well. And they're really important as a way of communication. So we hold a fantastic collection of the string games here. I know, which is amazing because when you are growing up and you might learn something about Aboriginal culture at school or you read a book, you forget that the children made so many different toys themselves and all their parents made the toys for them too. I mean, we've got rattles in the collection for babies, all sorts of things. Oh, we do, and they're really exquisite and, and aesthetic in their own right to be able to, to think about. You know, these utilitarian objects that are made from the earth, made from the ground, from the natural environment, you know, and they still hold such relevance today in, in the way that they've been crafted, that craftsmanship and that artisan that we see, you know, right across practice. 
Yeah, it really is fantastic. So for you, if let's cast forward five years, let's try and think into the future. Where would you, what would you like to see more of at the Australian Museum from the collection? I think it's important that we, we continue to invite um, Aboriginal professionals, artists and curators to be able to come through and interpret the, the collections and their cultural material and, and work right across the museum and be collaborative with the other areas in science and, and natural history and to think about how um, science uh, and uh, Indigenous knowledge systems are really important to the way that we operate at the museum and the collections that we hold and to think about how in the longer term that Aboriginal people um, have access, more access to their cultural objects. Absolutely, and we can do that both in the physical sense but also, of course, through the digitisation of the collection and some communities that are very far distant and, as you said, we have uh, quite a collection from Arnhem Land from that 1948 expedition that was undertaken. Uh, to be able to share the collection digitally with people and have them experience in that way when before they can maybe have the opportunity to come here in person and see it or or, or us to travel an exhibition. That's right. You know, not everybody has an opportunity to come to Sydney, so if we, the more that we can digitise our collections and, and have that cultural exchange, which is the way that we're working uh, within the team to work with community to digitally repatriate some of those cultural objects and to look at their stories in the way that those communities want to tell those stories today for their future and for their for their young ones who will be the leaders of tomorrow. So that's really important that we look at how that uh, our collections will be focused for our young people of tomorrow. Totally. Now, I know you have quite an, an interesting story about your grandmother, Elsie Lewis. Do you want to tell me that? Oh, my, my grandmother, um, you know, she is uh, one of a number of very strong women in, in her family and uh, growing up on Sherberg Mission. And uh, my grandmother then married a, uh, an Englishman and so she had an opportunity um, when she was working as a as a as, as a domestic, as it were, in the, in those days, working for a QC, that a lot of uh, the Aboriginal mob, when they came off the mission, would be housed in my family's home. And so she was really an activist before her time, and just as being a strong, resilient woman is something that I've always um, admired for all the women in in my family, my mum and and my aunties. And that's fantastic that you've got those role models, isn't it? So. Woman who, women who really knew who they were and stood up in a very strong way. And it's wonderful that you've brought that spirit as well to the Australian Museum, Shani. It's great to have you here and great to have your knowledge and your background. And I know we're going to do great things together at the Australian Museum in the future and really bring that collection out to the fore because it is one of the finest Aboriginal collections in Australia and we're just the part-time custodian of it, just passing through. That's right, we are indeed, we are just the facilitators. Good on you. Well, welcome again to the, back to the Australian Museum. Great to have you back here and great to hear about your story today. Thanks, Kim. This has been an Australian Museum podcast.